This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. What a week we are in for. Great to be with you. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hope everyone had a great uh, New Year's uh, celebration. 2021 is off to the races. We've got a lot to cover. I will go through a lot of it in a few moments. We will talk with a man who defied... The governor of New York, early on, when the governor was uh, in the beginning stages of being a bully, Governor Cuomo, uh, this man uh, who, well, he has reason to be willing to fight. He's a former MMA fighter, owns a gym now, and he decided to stay open no matter what the governor said. We'll hear about him. We'll hear from him standing up uh, for his rights and for his business and for his uh, customers in just a few moments. We'll also talk with Selena Zito. Uh, She has a a couple of good pieces. We'll talk with her about uh, her writing. SelenaZito.com. Before we get to that, though, I need to tell you what you need to know. Today's wink, what you need to know. And before I tell you that, I should tell you where to go. Go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. And if you sign up there, you will join the almost 80,000 emails, email addresses, people who receive the wink, what you need to know every morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Pacific. In your email box, no cost, no hassle, no sales pitch, just what you need to know. I give you the sort of top line story, and then I give you some links to other key stories so you're tracking what's going on, and it's really worth doing. ProAmericaReport.com, go there, sign up for the uh, uh, sign up, just give your email address, not a big deal. And like I said, I never rent, sell, borrow, give away, nothing to your email address, just send you those emails five days a week at least. I send you an email with what you need to know. Okay. Today, what you need to know? Well, here we are in the week, historic week uh, of our our republic, our democrat democratic republic. It's come to this. We had an election in the fall that, by every sort of observable phenomenon, observable um, kind of uh, measurement, it looks off. It looks dramatically off. It looks like in at least six, maybe seven states, there was some monkey business on the election. And frankly, the Democrats told us they were going to do that. Some of the monkey business was legal monkey business. You know, Pennsylvania Supreme, Pennsylvania courts deciding to change the rules in mid-sway, all that stuff. But here we are, and we're down to uh, a portion of our Constitution that has to do with the Electoral College and and ultimately has to do with the intentional decisions of our founders and we the people in the constitution itself and then in the 12th amendment to have one more check one last check on an election because of the possibility of improprieties because of the possibility of irregularities and so on Wednesday January 6th the United States Congress both houses will meet in joint session and at that time they will be charged with receiving the electoral college votes opening them and and uh, approving them now by definition Having the authority to approve something means you have the authority to disapprove of something, right? I mean, there are things that happen in the country uh, if a law is passed or something happens where ministerial duties, and some of them are the archivists, by the way. If you have a, and I know this because we studied this for the Equal Rights Amendment. If you, um, if you pass an amendment to the Constitution, 
And it requires the states, it requires three-fourths of the states to approve it. And when the three-fourths of the states approve it, each one submits the paperwork to the archivist. Because there is no approval or disapproval conduct of, of an, a constitutional amendment. The role of the, Constitu- of the Congress in the constitutional amendment is to pass it. When they pass it out of the houses, both houses, and send it to the states, Congress's job is done. So the archivist of the United States of America receives from Idaho a message that says, here's our vote, we certify, we ratify the amendment. Okay, check. The archivist gets the next one from Iowa, check. Nebraska, check. New Jersey, check. And it's a ministerial function. The archivist has no role in approving or disapproving, he just looks at the piece of paper and says, okay, Idaho says they ratified. In the case of the Constitution, 12th Amendment, U.S. Constitution at its, at its core, the Congress plays this specific role to approve or disapprove the election. If there is widespread fraud, and let me say it differently, if there is questionable irregularity sufficient that the Congress in its judgment decides not to, to, to object and, and at that moment, when they are counting the ballots, they object. Now, listen, by state. So Alabama starts. Any objections? I doubt it. Seems to be the election. I don't, I don't know enough about it. Maybe there is. But when you get to, um, say, um, Georgia, there'll be an objection from a senator, Josh Hawley, an objection from a congressman, Mo Brooks, and then they have to adjourn for two hours. Both chambers debate it. And hopefully, I hope and pray, you'll have lots of presentation on the on the front, uh, right in front of the uh, uh, dais so that the world can see it on C-SPAN of the irregularities in the election, of the problems in the election. And then the Congress has its duty to do its job to make an assessment of whether that, that is persuasive or not. If it's not, they'll vote it down. If it is, they'll vote and say, oh, we can't allow Georgia. Georgia's got too many problems. Georgia's got too many uh, issues. Same thing with Wisconsin. Same thing with Michigan. Same thing with Arizona. In fact, uh, Arizona probably goes first because it goes uh, starts alphabetically with Alabama as the first state and goes alphabetically. So it probably is Arizona. Of the states that people are objecting to, you probably get Arizona first. And then you get Georgia. I hate to do my alphabet on, uh, on live radio. Uh, and then you get, uh, what, Pennsylvania. And then you get New Mexico. And then you get um, Nevada. Uh, then you get uh, Michigan, and then you get Wisconsin. Does that sound right? That might be right. So what's happened now is we're to that point. And what's happened is at least a dozen senators have said they will object. At least a hundred House members have said they'll object. And what they've said is there's problems here. Let's get to the bottom of it. Now, over the weekend, Ted Cruz floated the idea of a 10-day electoral commission to get to the bottom of it. I'm not against that. I don't know, if, I don't know, I don't know how you do that procedurally. It's not in the Constitution, but I suppose if the bodies agreed to do it, they could do it. I doubt they will. But the point here is, what is, what is the other side afraid of? Why are they, so, instead of talking about how the election was run well and there's no problems, they just attack people. They're attacking people like me. They're attacking people uh, like all the Stop the Steal folks. They're attacking the president. They're using this fake hoax of his conversation with the Georgia Secretary of State, this hoax to say he was pressuring him. He was just saying to him, hey, it looks like there was fraud. It looks like there was irregularities. In order to get this win this race, I need to find 11,000 11, things. Not you find them, but it certainly looks like there's fraud. But here's my point. The momentum is on the side of we the people. We're going to have a million people in Washington, D.C. this week. And they're going to be saying we won't be silenced by this fraud. And all around us are people, both parties, 
saying, just quiet down, just move on. All right. The reality is the republic is lost if we're allowed to steal elections so blatantly. By the way, let me be clear. I, I am not naive enough to think that the Democrats are the only one that have ever cheated or stolen. I think it's probably happened both ways. But nothing's ever happened as egregiously as this with as high a stake. I mean, I guess Kennedy stealing from Nixon perhaps was similar. I mean, but really similar, actually. I mean, in the midst of the Cold War and how, how ill-prepared Kennedy was for that fight, could be. But right now what we know is that's what's at stake. And we the people are on the move. And you should be encouraged. And at the end of the program today, if you stick around, I'll talk about two monumental events that took place, one with Nancy Pelosi and one in Georgia. Tuesday's elections in Georgia, I'll talk about them. I'll wrap them up for you so you know what they mean. But what you need to know right now is the, we the people are not going to accept that we just have to roll over and, and, and accept the election and be told it's okay. We don't, our, our voice doesn't count. Our, as Josh Hawley said, Republicans are told your concerns don't matter. Black lives matter. You know, Antifa matters. But your concerns about elections, they don't matter. It's a very dangerous thing to do. You talk about bullying, and the media is in full swing. Jake Tapper, Chuck Todd, calling anybody who opposes their viewpoint. They're partisans. They're in this fight. If you oppose Jake Tapper and Chuck Todd, you're seditious. You don't have to wait for the Democrats to call us that. That's what we get called by the media, the fake news. What you need to know, what you need to know and I've told you for weeks, it's a battle for the republic. And there's no sitting this one out. You got to get in this one because we're losing a lot more than just, you know, President Trump in the Oval Office. No, no, we're losing a lot more. A lot more is at risk. The very nature of this republic is at risk. All right, we'll take a break. We got great guests. It's Ed Martin. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Tune in there. Get signed up. Be right back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We, we're going to have our old friend Kathy Barnett on the show. I don't know if she's yet on the bus, but I know she's getting on a bus with others to come down to Washington, D.C. She ran a phenomenal race for Congress. In fact, if they counted all the legal votes in Pennsylvania in her race, I think she wins, but we'll, we'll ask her about that. But, uh, but Kathy, first tell me who's coming down. You're on a couple, a bus or two buses or what? Well, tell me who's making this yeah. uh, trip down to Washington, D.C. Tell us about it. Yeah, Ed, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, we are going down on Wednesday. I'm taking about three buses with me. I could take more, but I'm capping at three. Um, so you're going to see a bunch of pissed off patriots that are like, we're not having this anymore. You're going to have to hear our voices. And so I'm so very grateful that Americans are not rolling over. Democrats are used to, you know, being loud, whining, calling us names, and then our side of the I'll simply roll over and play dead. I am so proud that there are an innumerable number of Americans who are just like, no, we are not rolling over. We're not going back to sleep. You're going to have to hear us. And that's right. Well, and with Kathy Barnett, we're talking to, and if you go to, uh, she's on Twitter at Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y for the number four truth at Kathy for truth. Um, Kathy, you said something there, pissed off patriots. Um, <laughs> you know, you, 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 as someone, you were a new candidate, meaning someone who hadn't run before, but you've been around a lot of people. You know, you served in the military and all. You know people. 
Um, what? Give me a description of how people are feeling after this election. I mean, you're in Pennsylvania. You ran in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of people that think Pennsylvania was really something yeah. very irregular, if not fraudulent. But tell me about how the how the grassroots is reacting to this this moment, this period. You know, and my entire campaign was grassroots. If you look up grassroots, you would see my picture with my campaign. This is an authentically grassroots campaign. And so I, I am I am talking to people. I know exactly what they feel. We are weary because I believe that's part of the strategy of the left is just to wear us down. But we're also pissed off. And so there is no way people are going to sleep. We know that something horribly went wrong this past year election. And in a democracy, you don't have the luxury, the elite left does not have the luxury to turn and tell 75 to 80 million Americans, shut up and go back to sleep. You don't have that luxury. And that's exactly what they're doing. And that's only stoking the flame within all of us, that something went wrong and we cannot lay down. I believe most people realize that this is our 1776 moment. And I'm so grateful to God that back then we we had a number of people who were not wimps, weenies, and punks, and they stood up against some insurmountable odds. And right now, I think a lot of people are looking back to that and recognizing that we are not wimps, weenies, or punks. We're going to stand up to some in, what seems like insurmountable odds, and they're going to have to listen to our voices. Uh, we're talking with Kathy Barnett, and Kathy Barnett is on Twitter at Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y, for truth, Kathy for truth. Um, Kathy, one of the things I was going to was wondering about is candidates who run for office and don't win and, and have such a success as you did. I've seen it a million times. You had such a grassroots effort, all these people, all this excitement, and you th- and I, th- I think we, I thought you'd win. I think probably did win. But a lot of times people come through really disheartened because they watch, they put their own heart and soul into it, but they watch others do yeah. it How, you know you sound you sound so energized and so uh well you sound pissed off too like you described but you sound energized <laughs> and I, I i i guess how do you encourage people not to drop out and and forget trying you know, I remember why I got in. I was not groomed for this. Um, I am a little black girl who grew up on a pig farm in southern Alabama. I grew up below the bottom rung of the economic ladder, and I clawed my way from up under a rock to carve out a life for myself. And so this was not on my bucket list of things to do. No one came looking for me. I just showed up and said, yeah, I'm doing this. And, um, and so right now I'm remembering why I got into this. And that is because I love my country and I want to see everyone do well. The only reason why I was able to claw my way from underneath a rock back off that pig farm is because of this country and because of these principles and values that are being trampled on right now because the left want what they want by any means necessary and they don't care what they have to rip up and destroy to get it. And I'm fearful that that for the next little boy or girl who finds themselves underneath a rock, that this country, these principles will not be around for them. And I think we can take a glimpse at what the Democrats have in store for us just by looking at uh, where their emphasis is when you're looking at the stimulus bill right now or when you look at how they want to get rid of, you know, gender. 
Right, 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 right. Well, uh, we're talking with Kathy Barnett. Uh, that's a great one, by the way, when they said, and you must have just almost laughed out loud when you watched the chaplain of the, of the House of Representatives ah. end by saying, amen, a woman. Of course, nobody who has any brains or history thinks that amen is derived from uh, the male, uh, a male pronoun. Amen, it's just right? insane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but, um, but Kathy, one more thing. You watch, you said 1776, you know it takes a lot to stand out there on the line like you did. People come at you, they, they, they say terrible things and all. And, and yet you served in the military. I don't think anybody says when you run towards the bullets in the military, it's not as dramatic as, as uh, being a uh, running for office. However, moments come where you expect something special. Tell me what your thoughts are on Senator Pat Toomey, the Pennsylvania senator who, even Senator Casey, the Democrat, hasn't said as much as Pat Toomey. It must be frustrating for you to watch that. I mean, it's disheartening, not just with Toomey, but with a number of these uh, uh, people who are showing their colors. But you know what? I earnestly believe, right? Now, when I got in this, I thought there was going to be a different outcome on November 3rd. And we're still fighting because we've just uncovered a tremendous amount of fraud right here in Montgomery County. We have over 120,000 of these unidentified voters who are on our roll and who and 90,000 of them participated in this 2020 election and we're asking the question who are these people and how in the world did they get on my voter roll uh we we assembled about a hundred people uh with um with private investigators we spent four days going door to door of a little over 1500 people and found out that a third of them are fake people so we're we're not, we're not done with this election at all but i i say all of this to let people know we are not tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists sitting in our basement just cooking up um, fallacies. Something strange really did occur in this election. And we and no matter what the Toomeys of the world or, or the Mitch McConnells of the world tell us, we need to hold fast to the fact that this is our country. Uh, in a democracy, you simply cannot tell people to shut up and go back to sleep and that we will be heard. Do not grow weary. Stand and fight, because if we don't do it now, we cannot allow ourselves to be manipulated into thinking that we can get it right for the next election. We got to get it right in this election right now. Well, Kathy Barnett, thank you for coming on at Kathy for Truth, Kathy with a K, and she'll be down in Washington, D.C. Watch it. If you're not coming, watch it on TV. I look forward to seeing you, Kathy. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Ed. All right. God bless you. God bless you. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is just fascinating to me, his, uh, well, his career and his life and before he started to get some attention, but also uh, especially since. Eddie Fivey is a, I guess he's a retired MMA fighter. I'll ask him that if he's actually retired, but he has uh, been out there, uh, uh, built a business, small business owner, and he wanted to continue his relatively uh, normal life running his business, and he ran into the buzzsaw that is the uh, um, the uh, g- government in New York uh, and Governor Cuomo putting the hammer down. So, Eddie Fivey, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? Great, great. I really appreciate you giving me the time to talk here. 
Well, so first of all, I love, I mean, I love to be able to say you're actually a fighter. Um, but as you watch what's happening in politics, you know, your instinct as a professional fighter and someone who trains people in jujitsu and all is how to fight. What do you tell people about this environment where a growing every day, the, 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 the government's local and state and federal are telling us what to do. The media is in the tank. A lot of people just feel like they don't know how to fight at all. I completely agree with you. And um, there are a lot of, there's a vast number of our society that feels, you know, quite hopeless and powerless. And they've been led to believe that they don't have any power in a situation like this. And, um, you know, there's a word in jujitsu, submission, submission hold. And a lot of people, this has gone on for so long that a lot of people have submitted. They've just totally given up. And, um, you know, it's going to take, it's going to take some effort in each individual person to try to do something that they can do individually. For example, myself, I will, I will never close my business ever again, either one of them. And there's nothing that can make me do that. I'm not going to do it. And that's, what's really given me the power in the situation to continue to have this community that I have here. And I think if each person did that in their own way, shape or form, they would realize that they have a lot more power than they think. And we're talking with Eddie Fivey and Eddie tell folks if they, I know you were on Tucker Carlson a few months ago and you've gotten a lot of attention, but people want to, I don't know, are you on Twitter? Are you on parlor? Or is there a website? I want to drop into this conversation where people can find out more about you and your work, but back to the submission hold. The problem with the submission hold is a lot of times, correct me if I'm wrong, you get in a submission hold and you're stuck. And the only thing to do is tap out and sort of give in, you know, give in to whoever's got the hold on you. And so, you know, I mean, you know, in a way, I love the image because it totally makes sense. A lot of people are sort of lulled to sleep in the submission hold. The question is, especially in November, we saw the president. It looks like the election was stolen in six or seven states. He feels like a guy who fights for us. And now he may not win. Right. And then we get the Congress and they seem like half witted fighters. I mean, it starts to be one of these moments where you say, I'm just going to stick to my little group and, and not even try because it's not worth the trouble. It, it can definitely appear that way on the surface. I think right now, I think this is a unprecedented time, to say the least. Um, I think that it's easy to do that. It's easy to be pessimistic. It's easy to submit. And it's difficult, it's very difficult, to do something worthwhile. And anything worthwhile takes a lot of effort. So um, this election was obviously fraudulent to anybody who's actually paid attention to it. Without question. And, um, yeah, there are a number of people in Congress and in Washington right now and, and different, you know, governments around the country that are fighting and are willing to fight. And uh, there are people that aren't. And that could be due, weak, due to weakness or it could be due to them uh, you know, having some other compromising issues. Who knows? But, um, you know, time will tell. Uh, we're talking again with Eddie Fivey. Eddie, would you ever run for office? Or, and, and, and tell me about New York politics. Is, I mean, I know you're sick of Cuomo and what he did, but is the rest of your friends and neighbors, not just in your community, but the state of New York, will, will they, uh, will, do they see what's going on or are they just uh, brainwashed? I think right now, I think right now is um, a unique time in New York. I think people are really, really waking up to it. Of course, there's a, a section of the population or a segment of the population that still buys into uh you know, this uh, shtick that he has on, on TV. But um, for the for the most part, and I, I try, I'm surrounded by, you know, hundreds of different people each day. Most people have really, really caught on to what he's doing. I mean, there's only so much that you can really do, and there's only so long that people can take this for until they start waking right. up and going, 
what's going on. Part of the re I opened my business back up in May when I was on Tucker and in May I thought this was all old. I thought this was old news, like this has gone on way too long and that was in May. And we're still dealing right. with it and now still dealing with more potential. So I think in this area that people have really woken up to it. Um, as far as me being involved with politics, I started thinking about that around the time, um, you know, when, when I came on Tucker Carlson and, and uh, all of this stuff started happening. But I think there are better I think there are better ways for me to do uh, something in my community outside of politics. I think it's a good thing to go into, but I think I can directly affect more people here uh, doing what I'm doing and still being outspoken um, without actually yeah. having to, you know, jump into that den of thieves there and sometimes. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Eddie Fivey and uh, Eddie. Um, what happened to your business when you reopened in May and they and they and you were threatened? Did they fine you? Did they come for you now? Are you sort of in the hot seat all the time, or what's? Or are they leaving you alone because it's not worth the trouble taking on Eddie Fivey? He knows jujitsu. <laughs> no. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: when when the when the shutdown first happened, I was completely baffled because obviously there's no, we don't have any any situation ever in our history, uh, you know, personally where this has happened. So. When the shutdown first happened, I was against it. And after a couple of weeks, talking to every lawyer that I know and asking them, hey, how is this possible? Is this constitutional? How is this possible in any way, shape, or form? And all of them had the same response. They were a bit confused. They all thought there are some serious red flags here, but it's going to take some time for it to play out and figure that out. And just from reading the literature and, and um, you know, studying the shutdown, I started having uh, a feeling that a lot of this might be more suggestion than it is actually law, which is true. Um, and also, you know, having having read history and, you know, uh, you know, reading communist history also, mostly it's, you know, you come you start seeing the writing on the wall and you start seeing these inch by inch measures taking place. Granted, also the timing of this being election year, so on and so forth. So I decided I was going to reopen. I didn't think. I thought that if they were going to try to find me, I was going to fight it to the end, and I still will. Um, because in the end, they're going to lose, as they are in different states around the country. With people that have fought the orders, um, you know, they're losing left and right. And they just, you know, continue changing things up. So I've had a number of complaints, but um, no, no fines, nothing like that. There's nothing that they can really to me so we'll see and, and granted you know take this into account also this isn't a case study we've been open for not, uh, eight to nine months reopened we've had over 25,000 people checked in we're training jujitsu which theoretically on paper could be the worst thing that you could ever do we're not wearing masks we're training everything normal and 25,000 people later no cases linked to us nothing if that's not some type of evidence, <laughs> I mean, that's not anecdotal at this point. So I don't know what more yeah. I can do. Um, um, well, uh, yeah, but to prove to prove, yeah, to prove the point, we're talking again. Uh, but let me pause on that. Is therefore, when you watch the news. And, you know, you must even if you even if you watch Fox News, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. You watch any of the news now. You must look at it. It's just, you know, you can say, I just know that's not true. I mean, I just know what they're telling us is not true. In fact, it, it's total control. And then so then how let me ask you this. You've taken the risk. You stood up. How do you not get frustrated when you see your fellow uh, uh, business owners unwilling to stand up because if every business owner said, I refuse to take this, they wouldn't be able to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that's absolutely true. And that's one thing too, that we've, we've forgotten 
is that there's way more of us than there is of them, you know, which you're going to see this week <laughs> in D.C. And right. uh, but people forget that. People forget that there is that power. People also forget that this country, you know, you talk about 1776 right now. Um, and this being the, you know, 1776 2.0, really, people forget that all of those things that happen, the way that us civilians can repay um, for all that sacrifice is for continuing to stand up for that freedom and not just laying down. And so for me, it's more right now, it's principles over livelihood. I would rather lose everything and stand up for these principles than lay down and allow this to happen. So, it is frustrating in a sense seeing it happen to other people, but also we've gone through this period of time and generationally where uh, people don't realize that most of the news is actually fake. When I say, I'm not just saying fake as a cliche, it's actually a narrative. You're watching Hollywood, you're watching a script. And, uh, you know, luckily today now, I really feel like, you know, there are more citizens out there who are actually the news reporting things. And so I look to them, but it can be frustrating. And, um, you know, I blame the media for this. I know, you know, dozens of people that have gotten divorced. I know people that have committed suicide. I know people that have relapsed back into drugs. All of this stuff has happened in this time span. And the one thing to blame COVID isn't to blame for that. The media is to blame for that. That's the major issue. If people shut the news off and sit up for what they believed in, things would be a lot different. Uh, we're talking with Eddie Fivey. Eddie, I just was checking on Twitter. doesn't look like you're a Twitter guy. Is there a place, a website, people, if they want to learn more about what you're doing? I hope you get more and more out there. Uh, we're, we're kind of out of time. I get out there, and uh, I'll have you back on the show. And you ought to, your, your voice, that submission hold uh, uh, metaphor is really good. It's perfect for the moment, and I think people would mo- be motivated. Is there a place people can uh, find you and your work? Yeah, sure. My website is www.efjja.com. Uh, it's like my first and last name, efjja.com. And I'm on Facebook, Eddie Fivey, and on Instagram, you can find me on there as well. On Twitter, I'm just, uh, I'm not really um, using it too much. Um, I just get all my news there. Um, but also remember, you know, in, in closing, you know, in terms of that submission old metaphor that you can tap out or you don't have to tap out. You know, that's the one thing that people forget. Mm-hmm. You could fight it till the end. So, uh, and I hope people do, and I hope they continue to, and I'll definitely be in D.C. this week uh, showing my support. Good. Good. Well, I look forward to seeing you. I'll text you my info, make sure we catch up. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a, a, a big crowd and a, 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 a peaceful protest, as we say, to try to keep these nitwits there saying it's something it's not. So thanks, Eddie, very much. I'll put all your stuff up on social media. Eddie Fivey, uh, very, very helpful. Thank you, sir. Take care. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When Democrats craft a clever narrative to drum up votes, they often don't think things through to their logical conclusion. Their latest defund the police debacle is a perfect example. In order to oppress minorities by forcing them into the mold of victims, Democrats started pushing the lie that many or even most police officers are evil. The Dems wanted minorities to look to elected officials to protect them from the police rather than turning to police to protect them from crime. 
In the short term, this lie might win them a few votes, but it does not play out when you think it through. If police officers really were evil, of course we would want to defund them. Who wants to fund evil? That's why conservatives are working so hard to defund Planned Parenthood, after all. It's a logical conclusion to our premise that abortion is a moral evil. However, when you apply that logic to police officers, things get a lot more dicey. That's when all the rhetoric starts to hit home. Sadly, police officers are something like plumbers and auto mechanics in that people usually are not thankful for them until we need them most. However, if politicians start talking about taking police officers off of the streets, people will start wondering who's going to help them when something goes bump in the night. A leftist politician isn't going to show up on your doorstep to subdue a home invader. Of course, if I were a mugger and I knew the punishment for my crime might be a lecture on economic inequality from someone like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I might just give up my life of crime anyway, but that's a whole other story. In all seriousness, defund the police is an albatross around the necks of liberals because the American people know that we need our law enforcement heroes. Rather than defunding the police, let's get rid of the one or two bad apples and honor the overwhelming majority who are professional, courteous, and dedicated. The lies of the left break down when you take them to their logical conclusion. Let's trust in the enduring principles of conservatism. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators whose slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. I promised you earlier in the program I would cover two topics of historic value and give you a little prediction on both. Uh, neither one is going to end too well, but we'll see. They'll probably be mixed, okay? First of all, a couple days ago now, I guess it was uh, Sunday, Nancy Pelosi was able to hold together her d- uh, crazy left-wing slash wild Democrat caucus and be elected for a historic fourth term as Speaker of the House. Look, I don't like her politics, uh, her policy or politics, but boy, it's an impressive career. Man, alive. Nancy Pelosi and... um, she did it by having to give in to the left wing of her party to do things like they passed the House rules. Now, I've told you over and over, this is very important to remember, uh, th- there's only one dictator in American political life, uh, especially at the federal level, although in many states it's similar. But at the federal level, there's only one dictator, and that is the Speaker of the House. Once the Speaker of, ha- of the House is elected, she has all the power. She can set all the agenda. She can control all the stuff. She has to get the rules package passed right away, and then she has it all. She can set the committees. As Kevin McCarthy, the minority leader, was saying, he was uh, complaining there was a tradition in the past that the majority leader, was just him, was always allowed to offer amendments, a kind of courtesy to the uh, leading uh, uh, opponent, uh, one person in the other party. You can't give an amendment from the floor. If you're rank and file opposition, nothing. If you're rank and file majority, nothing. You got to go to the speaker's office and get permission. 
So Kevin McCarthy was complaining they eliminated even that courtesy. But so Nancy Pelosi has this unbelievably powerful, strong position. But in order to win, razor thin, she had to go and give to the left wing of her party these crazy concessions. Concessions, they're not going to use the term mother and sister and brother or father or him and her. I don't know. At the, at the, when the, when the um, chaplain closed the prayer at the, uh, at the um, session where Nancy Pelosi was elected as speaker, he said, amen and a woman because amen is supposed to be sexist. I mean, unbelievable. So here's my, here's my prediction. And again, congratulations to her. Very impressive that she succeeded. Um, Nancy Pelosi will, uh, it will not turn out well. She will not be able to govern easily. She will end up losing the majority in 2022. And ultimately, uh, I think she will be viewed upon as, I mean, she's consequential, but she's been more struggling to hold on than she has succeeding. And she will lose the majority in 2022, almost certainly. I mean, again, unless they cheat on all the elections, which is entirely possible because they now think that's the way to do it. So, um, but um, that was the first one. Second one is my prediction in Georgia has been that we will win. The Republicans will win at least one of the Senate seats. I could be pleasantly surprised, but I also could be unpleasantly surprised and lose them both. I just can't tell. And I'll tell you this. The, the, there's it's a test. The two powers that are at, at te- that are tested here. One is the massive money machine of the Republican Party. With guys like Karl Rove and others, you know, ramping up these tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to try to win these seats. And up against the Stacey Abrams cheated all costs on the other side. You know, they change the rules in mid-swing, get judges to make no standing, whatever it takes. And those two are coming up against each other. At this point, I think that the, the Rove money machine model loses to the cheating model in part because the Rove money machine model, it's hard to get people excited when they're watching the president get left behind, left for dead by his, the party leadership in the Senate. Now, again, I tell people, not the Republicans, the, the main Republicans, even like the Tea Party Republicans like me, plus the, um, the, the more moderate Republicans, you know, they're, they're, whatever that number is, they're 45%. But what gets you from 45 to 55 is the MAG Americans, the sort of populist, grassroots, you know, working class, new Democrat, the Democrats have crossed over. That's what the Trump ad. Trump tapped into something that we all, I think a majority of the Republican Party believe in, the, the, the vision of uh, closing the borders and and taking on China, all those things. I think that the, I think the Republican Party, the majority. I'm looking up at the uh, at the um, um, platform of the Republican Party from 2016. I think the majority of the Republican Party agrees with the Trump America First vision. Hear what I'm saying. Not all of them. There's plenty of Republicans that don't. They, they want more uh, immigration. They want more international trade. All that stuff. There's a bunch. But when they come together to vote for a U.S. Senate candidate, or in this case, two, what gets you, you know, up to 40 percent or so is the old Republicans and the Republicans like me. And then all those Trump Republicans get you from 40 to 55 or whatever number. You see my point. And right now I can't tell what they think because they've been so disheartened by watching what's happening and they are so convinced something is wrong. And they're wondering why the president seems to be standing alone so much. 
So watch the Georgia race. Uh, you know, by the time we're back on the program, we'll be able to take a look. But, you know, if you're looking at major historical moments, Nancy Pelosi holds on a speaker. Big deal. But it won't turn out well. Almost never does in politics. And two, the Democrats and Republicans are squaring off in Georgia. And there's a ton at stake. But also the model for how to succeed in elections is also at stake. And the president went down to Georgia to try to, to goose his people to turn out. He knows, he knows you've got to uh, win these races. You can't pretend it's equal. Uh, you know, not, Democrats winning is not the same as wishing that these Republicans would fight and le- hoping they lose, if you get my point. You, you just got to know there's a difference. You got to know politics and know what's going on. So, all right, that's all I got. Thank you, as always, to our great technical director, Noah, keeping us uh, on track and things going well. Thank you to Joanna for booking guests on our program. And we will be back tomorrow. Stay tuned in. And don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and check out exactly what is happening over there. All these uh, interviews and segments will be there and a lot more. And sign up for the Daily Wink. All right, we'll be with you tomorrow. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Talk to you then. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego.